Good morning, my name is Prince Akin. This is the Jared to Jared. On this week's episode, the Jareds will discuss the Max Conference in Denver. Why humans love history, psychedelics, exorcisms, and much, much more. Well, let's get to it, boys. Tell me about the Maps Conference. How was it? Yeah, it was sick. It was... <laughs> Oh yeah, man! It was fucking crazy. Oh bro. yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, it was really cool. So yeah, I set up. I was there for three days, and uh, had my little booth there, and and it was sick, dude. It like it's always fun, like doing these events. You know, you like become friends with like the your neighbors who are also vending. You know, there's almost like a camaraderie sort of thing. You know, right? You're sort of like doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was cool. Um, they had this whole, uh, area called deep space, which was like their, their almost like it, it had like a festival vibe. Like you go in and it's all like neon lights and dark lighting and, and paintings okay. up on the wall and like paintings by these like really, really famous painters in that world. Like Alex Gray, Alison Gray, people like that. And like, wow. Yeah, and it was sick because it's all like people's work that I've that I've seen, you know, pictures of on online, but never saw in person. And seeing it in person, it's like it's just like another level, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so it was sick, dude. It was awesome. Um, that sounds great. Um, yeah. Lots of people. Yeah, there was like eleven thousand people there. Dang. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And then, um, yeah, it was crazy too. Just like had had so many cool conversations with people. Like I met this guy who was um an Iraq war veteran and and he was over there in 2003 and he had crazy stories and like severe, severe PTSD for the past 20 years. And um two months ago he he did DMT and I think MDMA, um, like in a therapeutic setting. Okay. And he he was just like raving about it. He was like he was like, this is incredible. He's like, I've had PTSD, like severe. He's like, I couldn't go into public spaces for the past 20 years. Right. And, then, and then I had these uh, experiences with these substances. And he goes, and there's a lot of people there. Like I said, 11,000 people. And he's just like hanging out, like sitting next to me chatting. Right. He's like, he's like, this is the first time in 20 years I've like felt okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I mean, that, that's really powerful. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's a serious breakthroughs with that. They were talking about that. At, we went, we met with uh, one of the governors from one of the tribes here because we're gonna start documenting the their uh, veterans. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, these veterans, and uh, so they're gonna do a conference at the conference. They're talking a lot about that too. Like, yeah, basically, what some people are considering like a cure to post-traumatic stress disorder yeah um on a personal level though i feel that you know because we dabble in some mushrooms we we both have whatever it may be some psychedelics but uh i think there was like small changes perhaps yeah that didn't last that long like perspective for sure and right. then, like a few days of like mental clarity and good, even when I like tried microdosing. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily like a cure all. 
However, I heard that some people say you need to take like the God dose, which is like an exorbitant amount of mushrooms or whatever to get that peace of mind. Right. But in my 20s, I definitely took numerous God doses, but maybe that's what what helped me to become a doctor and go to school and shit. You never know, you know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, who knows what your life would have been without that, worse or better. Who knows, right? Right. Um, But I I think so much is, okay, the dose matters. And then there's also um, like set and setting is what they refer to it as, like, like mindset and setting, which is just essentially the environment you're doing it in and the intention that you have going into it. So if I'm at a party and everyone's drinking and then I'm just like tripping really hard in the corner, not a great environment. And I'm probably, you know, maybe right, I'll have right. a lot of fun or something, but I'm I'm not going to, you know, really figure out my, my personal stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but then if I go into a therapeutic setting, being guided by someone who's like understands this stuff and, and has a lot of wisdom around this and then they're talking me through it and I'm going in like very intentionally you know working with like you know for this veterans example like ptsd then like that that's just a much much different experience you know so for sure yeah intent intent too yeah going in what are you going to accomplish for sure yeah exactly i mean have you played with that at all like like when you talk about like those moments that you have you know you're had some clarity for a couple of weeks after or whatever was it going in and just sort of like hanging out, having fun? Or was there like that, that sort of intention behind it? What was your experience? You know, the funny in my twenties, for sure, having fun, whatever, just with friends, yeah. you know, but later on, I don't really think it's that even that fun. It's tiring. <laughs> so I think <laughs> that I, yeah. I think every time I've done it is with intention later on in life, you know, with yeah. like I was set and setting like a great setting, either out in the woods or, you know, with right, people right. or at my house or whatever. And was also at a time in my life back to life threads that I was at a steady thread and also needed to like relieve myself from, from traveling the thread of the past. If that makes any sense, you know, that makes, yeah, it makes complete sense. Whether I like that be that. like a distant past or, 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 in a, you know, a more near one. Yeah. Regardless, I think that, yeah, I like, for instance, I think the, one of the last times is when I watched Lawrence of Arabia at my house, you know, <laughs> and I was trying to get through comprehensive exams and doing yeah. the last scholar and everything. And like, I was at a mode where it was funny. I think it was like a year or two ago, but it was just like a boring year. There's this like here in Santa Fe retired land, you know. Yeah. And I needed like a spark of like creativity, inspiration, you know, and watching that movie alone on on the computer with my headset on just like nicotine gums. It was freaking really cool and like got me to find some inspiration to link out those essays when I had to do them a few weeks later, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I think that uh, I've definitely had some bad experiences for sure <laughs> with psychedelics, yeah. you know, saw a demon coyote one time <laughs> in my yard. It was so scared. Uh, 
one time I was just like laying, laying, I think it was that same night laying down. I could just like hear like water dripping in my head. It was the most worst is like Chinese torture. Yeah. And then uh, I had to like teach myself how to talk again in the morning. I'm telling you, if you don't respect them or do it in the right frame of mind or setting, they can be bad. They can be bad. I think you had yeah. a few too, right? Hell Yeah. And I'm going to follow. Uh, okay, so Genesis Peorich, this artist, I'm like kind of obsessed with. I'm going to do a, a Becoming Human episode on them. But um, nice. They they have a they have a quote and they go, the only the only good trip is a bad trip, um, which is kind of which is kind of funny. And this person's like a complete maniac when it comes to just creativity and everything else. So it makes sense that they would say this. But but the only good trip is a bad trip. So in other words, the bad trip is the one where you get the most information about who you are and what you need. You know, that that's when all of your okay. inner, inner boogeymen come up is during the bad ones. And, um, you know, I wouldn't go to that extent that the only good one is a bad one. I think the good ones are also very, very, uh, I've, you know, I've certainly had a lot of like opening experiences with those. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had a couple bad ones, one very bad one that actually did lead to quite a bit of chaos in my real life is is how I how I'm understanding it. I mean, my life was pretty tame and then um, had this devastating, scary trip that just right. it felt like I invited a demon into my life and, and all right. that sort of stuff. And um, and then everything fell apart after that, it felt like. Yeah. And but that's okay. Cause at the time it was scary and hard and difficult and all that. But in retrospect, it's like, Oh, maybe I was clearing out. Maybe I was dusting out the soul, you know, kind of whatever sort of icky internal stuff I was holding on to. It was time to like rid myself of that, purge myself of that. And it was through these difficult life experiences that that purging process happened. Right. And Yellowstone, he has to go do a spirit guide like trip. And they take him out to the forest and they put a like ring around him of just like, you know, decorated Native American tethers by a tree. And he just has to sit there freaking smoking ayahuasca, you know, freaking tripping out for days and days under a buffalo hide until your the spirit guide shows you what you need to be shown, you know. Right. But you got to want it enough first and you have to go to that place to face all these weird demons. And he's like having flashbacks yeah. of war and shit, you know, but essentially facing trauma, you know. Exactly. And you and you do have to want it. You know, I, I mean, I I am under the impression that we we get what we want in this life. Not always. Um, but but you have to want it. You know, right, I mean, right. you really, really, whatever it is, whatever the it is, I mean, you know, look at your own life, like, you know, getting a PhD, you know, doctor of literature, all that stuff. It's like, like, it was just desire, essentially, that that led you down that path, right? This like, right. want mm -hmm. to do that, you know, if you didn't want it, you wouldn't have done it. Right, right. You know, and same thing with like healing and stuff like that, because there's plenty of people, the vast majority of us, actually, who just sit around in our in our shit in our garbage in our trauma and our in our sadness and our all of that and we just sit with it for our entire lives rather than saying hey maybe there's something i can do about this you know right 
Right. Yeah. And that's not like a judgment thing. And you sometimes know, you need something thing. like a psychedelic to literally force you to go to that place. You know. Yeah, yeah. Force you to see what you what you've been. I you will know, say like, though, I have had like extreme like a few examples of extreme like euphoria and peace. Oh yeah, yeah. Like one time, me and my friend Paul, we watched all three Lord of the Rings and really dosed <laughs> up on like mushy tea, you know. And uh, and afterwards, we went outside to smoke a cig, and I remember just like staring at the sky, like teary eyed, yeah. and looked at my friend, and he was like pretty hardcore dude. He's like crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I know about, I know. I know, dude. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah. And like the next day, I remember meeting my parents at like an account to clean or something like that. And uh, I was just like so happy. I was like telling my dad, just like, man, you know, I really get what you guys are like talking about peace on earth with your religion and stuff. That would just be, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all from Lord of the Rings, you know, and that, that feeling felt like stayed with me for a while, you know for you know yeah. i wouldn't say forever for sure but like have you ever seen a uh, office office space the movie? Yeah. yeah yeah i love that movie when he gets like hypnotized you know it changes him but not forever per se yeah. he's like i don't know maybe the hypnotism's what he says in the movie has worn off at this point but we still got to do something you know yeah yet it's always there with him he's he doesn't exactly turn to the cubicle you know yeah it just becomes another construction it becomes another drop in the ocean of who you are right i mean you know it's like i i think that sometimes we talking about like trauma epigenetics all that sort of stuff i think sometimes we put too much focus on the bad stuff and forget that the same exact process is happening with the beautiful stuff you know where it's in the same way that maybe your body's hanging on to um whatever that shit that happened when you're seven, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Your body's also, you know, holding and remembering that immensely beautiful experience you had with this person, with that person falling in love for the first time, whatever, just all of that stuff, having a, a deep spiritual experience where you're looking at the stars and just feeling the vastness and peace of everything. Your body is also containing that. Right. Yeah. And same exact concept. Sometimes we get so caught up in depression and anxiety. We need something like yeah. psychedelic to make us acknowledge peace and happiness, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's the whole spectrum of things, you know, you open up to all of it, the peace, the happiness, the degradation, the fear. Yeah. You're, you're the entire entity, you know, right, not right. one or the other. Exactly. Did you do uh, good uh, economically over there? Did you make some cash? Did you discover the booth fee? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. All right. So the first day, uh, I made like 200 bucks the first day. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> like I got scared. I was just like, oh, no. This that's isn't pretty good. This yeah, is- it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah, bad. But yeah. I was like kind of nervous. I was like, uh-oh. That's like, I'm not on pace to get the... uh the booth fee right but then i was like you know what stay open anything could happen who knows um next day did a bit better and then the last day you know maybe people just were like oh cool it's the last day let me like do my shopping before i leave everything um killed it dude so then nice yeah in sales i made like um 
what I make like 20 2300 or so nice, dude i fucking love that yeah so then in profit i made like uh like a little over 1600 in profit sure sure which was like that's awesome great. You know, I was, yeah i was like looking great wow yeah yeah it's success oh, you know you take it was a success and boom had a, it was a fun three days did ash go hang out for a while yeah, she did. It was cool because she would she had work all day. Well, it was fun, man. Like Denver's sick, dude. I love Denver because yeah. she would drop me off at the train in the morning. I would take the train in like 20 minutes. And and it's so nice, you know, like being from New York originally, like like it's just crowded. Like the train in New York's like 30 bucks round trip. It's fucking crazy. Right. If you're going from Long Island. Um, going from the suburbs in Denver to to like downtown denver it's three dollars nice yeah and then no one checks the ticket anyway so you just get out for free <laughs> right and it's like it's clean you're like riding the train looking out at the mountains it's so right, right right and then you get to downtown denver and i'd like there's like a little bagel shop so every day i'd go like get a coffee and a bagel and just kind of hang out yes wander around look at the architecture and then nice. go set up my booth and like chat with the people there you know yeah it was nice dude and then ash would come um after she got off work she would come because i'd be sitting there for like you know eight hours straight just like she was like i gotta take a piss you know (laughs) yeah you need somebody to leave you for sure for real so then she'd come in and then i'd go wander around and check out the art and yeah even just to go wander around too and yeah clear your mind from sound yeah exactly yeah dude and she was she was cool too like she she did a good job of um just like chatting with people and like like i feel like she's like a bit warmer than i am you know in terms of just like how we carry ourselves disposition she's like the sunnier one you know you cold son of a bitch um no for sure that's good bringing yeah. uh bringing like a different energy to the yeah so then yeah. she's just like smiling at people like come check out our stuff you know right right, like, right good salesmanship know. there love that yeah, it was cool, Dal- yeah. so at the last spanish market dalton we put we dressed her up as a magician with a hat and a cape and no everything. way so, Oh, yeah, so and she was bringing mad people into my building, oh, sure. my mom's booth, just like, okay, I'm going to do one trick for you, but then you have to buy one of my uncle's prints. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but, you know, if, whether they did or did it, she did get a couple people to, like, get some, like, pretty expensive stuff for some originals. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. Bro, and Dalton's got such, like, she's a Leo sign, you know? She's, right. like, she, she's, like, this, like, just like talkative confident little girl you know like i could see that her just right. like the lion people in that's cool the lion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's tight <laughs> i was talking a lot about that the zo- the zodiac recently interesting what are you on the chinese zodiac on the chinese menu oh like the uh like the year of the whatever and all that. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a uh, year of the uh, year of the ram, year of the sheep. Year of the ram, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm a rabbit. Oh, cool, cool. Oh, uh, yeah. We talked right. about this one time, the luck of the rabbit. Yeah, because you yeah. always like at the last second. The last second, I was almost you, a yeah. dragon by 15 minutes. So, but the later you are, the lucky you are too with the rabbit yeah so that's interesting i don't know if that's proven to be true i guess so 
I guess so. It has, honestly, it's yeah. manifested. It's manifested. We talked about that too. <laughs> Dude, I got like nostalgic feelings going to Albuquerque this last weekend. It was just like, man, go to Jared's, go walk downtown. That uh, that last apartment you had was nice. Yeah, that spot was cool. East downtown. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The Don Quixote day. Do you miss it? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're there for a while huh? yeah I was, on, I was in the down queue for like uh well I, I did two stints in the down queue my first stint was a year and then right. i went back and lived uh another two years maybe three years not too bad not too bad i liked your landlord that dude was nice soccer he was great mike <laughs> <laughs> Reminded me of Dolly's grandpa. So funny. Yeah, that guy was cool. <laughs> um, have you been jamming at all? No. No, not at all. Um yeah, no, mostly mostly just you know, moved in here and then had some visitors come through and stuff, and then did the conference and yeah, and now I'm yeah, now I'm like, no, not just settling in. But I feel re-inspired about drawing and art, you know, and seeing that as just like an actual thing right. I can do full time and all that. So I'm just going to honestly, I'm just going to aim to put all my time and energy into that and just go hard on it. You know, right. Do you go have harder. another uh, something in 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 mind? Like a like a show or a. No, no, no. Right now it's well another good thing from the conference was I met so many um um people in Denver, you know, like psychedelic people, art people, and got a lot of good leads on like places to yeah. go check out and markets to do. So I, I have like a list of of things to go check out. Um nice. yeah, and then later this week I'm gonna go drive around and like stop in some of those spots and just kind of talk with people. I mean, that's what's cool about it too, is like I feel way more confident just sort of almost like cold calling people, you know, just like showing up somewhere and just being like, Hey, can I do art stuff here? Or like, do you guys, or can I get involved in your market or whatever? Yeah. Whereas in the past, I think I would have been way more shy about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's good. Um, and then the scenes probably, they probably got a nice scene there in Denver too. Bro, there's so many people. We went to the farmer's market on Saturday and it was, um, just so many people yeah it, which was cool it, it was like nice it was like a nice vibe but it's just so much more populated than uh than albuquerque and if you've been able if you are able to make it work like in albuquerque for as long as you did yeah Denver should be like you know way easier. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here for sure yeah even find like an art collective or something like that yeah. that'd yeah. be cool we'll see yeah yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that was funny I want to add about the conference I was, I was just thinking of was just the the cross section of people who were there, because since it is like a psychedelic um, conference, or I guess Maps is like multi was it multidisciplinary association of psychedelic science, so like they are trying to like make it more sterilized and like legitimate seeming and not just like druggies and stuff like that, you know. Right. So it is. Very actually kind of corporate the vibe you know you go in people are wearing suits and like 
Um, they had this whole section with like startup businesses and stuff like that. Um, nice. And then you also have like a bunch of fucking hippies running around, you know, it's nice. just like a weird cross section of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny to think like the current state of, of, you know, psychedelics in, yeah. in American culture at this point. Like, it's weird to think like Aaron Rodgers and, uh, the popularity of uh michael what's his name who started it all who like isn't he the person who started the maps conference and... oh no are you thinking of michael pollan michael pollan yeah. yeah yeah he wrote those books no the guy who started it his name's rick doblin he he's like the Doblin, yeah yeah fascinating guy too i mean he like went to uh he he did a phd at harvard in like government policy just so he could like figure out how to change a uh schedule one drug to to something legal which is Crazy. so he like drew out the map of it i guess like how to do that like what that process looks like right yeah Crazy. so i mean the dude's fucking dedicated but but i was curious actually okay two things because i also have a story from the conference that 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 relates to something with you so it's interesting but um okay but but before that like the rick doblin thing okay so this guy like when i was there in the conference like i was like wow this guy like kind of single-handedly built this gigantic fucking thing you know um and he's like pushing through all this you know mdma for therapeutic uses helping people in that way and and really like made a name for himself you know he's on joe rogan and you know a lot of people know him he has a level of fame and all that and and i was like i was like what's his shit you know like what what's his background you know what's his personal life been that that he's built up this or or i guess any kind of like hyper successful famous person i always kind of think like what are you compensating for like what do you you know like a lot of hyper successful people have like fucked up relationships with their moms and dads that sort of thing and then it turns out that their fame and success is just trying to fill the gap that was left there by like lack of family and stuff like that you know I have one question for you back to sort of a theme we're talking about too is the past episodes is how much, how much of chance do you put into that uh, equation where there's lots of people who are equally as dedicated and, you know, driven, whatever it may be and talented as a lot of these people, but by chance, yeah, they're uh, they're chosen to to you know represent a larger larger pop cultural thing. Whatever they're rich, right. it's, it's sort of like a roll of the dice who actually gets to have that because not a lot of people do. Sure, in terms of like the ratios of of human beings, you know, on the planet planet, but somebody does. Somebody has to, you know and uh and not everybody can so is saying that it may be trauma or whatever they're like psychosis will to never give up that made them famous and that's why they're famous or is it because it was a chance yeah however that whole thing now that i just said it out loud there's a wrench thrown in there when it comes to athletes, you know, Aaron Rodgers, because it's not a chance. They're legit, like, 
10 best football players in the world. You know what I mean? Like there's only so many of them and that's, but that's a genetic chance though. Right. Yeah. Your ability to like process and throw a football unlike any other better than most human beings on the planet earth. Well, that's a chance there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's the whole, like, I don't know. It's like, what is a human being? Right. I mean, it's all of these factors that come together to create the very specific circumstances of your life, you know, um, genetics, childhood experience, demographics, race, gender, um, whatever, all this stuff. And then let's say you and I had the same exact experience. We can both interpret that experience differently than based on our genes and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, I guess like, I mean, the whole thing's chance, right? I mean, the entire structure of of who you are and what you're doing. I mean, the entire thing is chance. Right. And then circumstance, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure there were millions of incredible athletes, baseball players, football players, whatever never able to play sports and died early, whatever, did something else, had to, you know, yeah, kid, yeah. whatever the situation may have been, you know, and uh, it's also a lot of that is based on circumstance or like freaking Donald Trump, for instance, you know, yeah. a lot of it's circumstance. His dad was rich, you know, came from privilege, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, you know, so, and, and chance of Hollywood, whatever, but then, that's also not to say that the guy's a madman, you know, and yeah. sociopathic freaking, you know, madman where yeah. he's like a genius in some areas and a complete idiot in most most other areas. But his ability to crawl up to the presidency, my God, you know, but yeah. it's it's a freaking combination of all those things, you know. yeah yeah it's all the factors and then there's something to be said for it will you know just that like like deep deep drive where i think you take i mean i think i think there's some people okay i'll use like the becoming like a quarterback in the nfl as an example like i'm sure you're right there are guys who i don't know decided like no i'm gonna go like start a family or whatever instead you know and that's and that's a choice that's a decision right but then you have other guys who are like I'm going to do this or I'm going to fucking die trying like actually though, you know, like I'm going to push myself to that level and then, you know, not everyone's successful. Maybe there are some guys who push themselves to that level and I don't know. And it didn't work out and I don't know what they're doing now, you know, but I think think there's an example of uh, the herd. I listened to him a lot and he was talking about how, his friends on the PGA tour and he's, you know, went to the golfing range with him and he is pitching 180 yard pitches right near the cup, every single swing, 200 balls, you know, but the guy never won a major, never even came close, you know, and that just goes to show you how hard it is to be and rare to be. Yeah. Have those like athletic, athletic skills, you know, that's great. Yeah. People. Or take someone who's like a prodigy musician, but then is just like right. really bad at marketing or something. Yeah. Or in our culture today, or they're just really ugly or whatever. Right? right? Like, so, yeah, yeah. Anxiety, yeah. whatever, like, you know. Yeah. yeah like, I, I feel some of Dion's work should be in, this belongs in a museum. No, it does. Dion's an incredible Jones artist. Show, yeah. yeah. 
But and if if we if we were living in you know ancient Greece or something, Dion would be wearing a toga right now, like just <laughs> sentenced like three people to death and eating grapes, all happy about it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we live in this this current time where where circumstance, time, setting, you know, yeah. whatever it is, it's uh, yeah, yeah. And the chances that you are who you are rather than someone else is insane, right? I mean, like, right. you know, okay, how many sperm cells get blasted out, you know, during right. during a person's conception? Like, I, I forget the exact number, but what, like 100 million or something? And it's like yeah. that one cell out of 100 million became you, right? So it's like, right. okay, the chances of you being you is just in that one instance is one out of 100 million million and then times that by like every other time your parents had sex and you weren't conceived and then multiply that by right their parents and their parents and their parents and so on it, it it's literally impossible that anyone exists i was watching neil degrasse toss tyson talking about that and he's like oh yeah. it's not that there's a uh many people that have lived it's that you know the people that have could have lived and that exactly what you're saying, just hundreds of millions of, you know, billions, trillions of sperms, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Circumstances, whatever. But it's you and us who are here and are experiencing consciousness in life. And that's his point was that's why you should always appreciate life and like, you know, yeah, live it to the fullest because it's yeah. a freaking virtual impossibility chance roll of the dice that we yeah, exist yeah. you know yeah yeah and then you know that your parents even met you know it's like well i guess a lot of people just live in the same town or something but like <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah dude it's just the towns are all small bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> i met my husband at sonic dude eating chicken nugget <laughs> Like what if like John McHugh, my dad, he he's got the story where he um when he when he told me about when he met my mom, he was like his his friend from work was like going to a party that night or something, right? And invited my dad and my dad was like he was like, nah, I'm not really feeling it. I'm nah, like not tonight, and just like need to get some sleep or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then just like whatever. So his friend asked him like uh, on his way out, just like called him one more time. And it's just like, are you sure? And then my dad was like, ah, fuck it. I guess I could come for like an hour, you know, and then goes and meets my mom that night. Right. Right. And then chance, you know, so here we are having this conversation. So right. decision making. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I was planned, you know, so yeah. Freaking cruise baby. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> A cruise baby, like they were on a cruise. Well, they were on a cruise. <laughs> Oopsie daisies. <laughs> yeah, but the best one, you know. So by chance, they got the best kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on accident. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, or get this no. one. Get this one. Oh, good. This is crazy. So, um. My friend Gabrielle and her now husband, uh, Rob, they're moving from, uh, actually, they lived in Santa Fe. And 
and they're moving to Idaho um, back where her family's from because she's she's pregnant now. So they're going to, you know, just be closer to the family and all that. So they're this weekend, they were passing through uh, Denver. So they stopped over, stayed the night with us. And um, it was crazy because. All right. So Gabrielle was telling us that. She like knew she was going to name her name, her child Leonora. Right. That was just like this name that she was like. Like all through her 20s, she's like 33 now or 34. Um, all through her 20s, she's like knew deep down she was gonna have a daughter one day, wasn't sure when, but just felt connected to the spirit, would like talk to the spirit of her future daughter. Crazy shit. Weird. Yeah. So then and then was like the kid's name is Leonora, right? So then she she meets her um well, actually, she moves to Michigan from New Mexico. She moves to Michigan, spends a year there with some friends, doesn't like Michigan, so then comes back to Santa Fe, gets a job working as a massage therapist at Ojo Caliente, meets this guy, Rob, who ends up being um, her husband. Um, and Rob does a lot of like uh, lucid dreaming kind of stuff, you know? So apparently in these dreams, he'd have this like little girl coming up to him talking with him and then when he was like what is your name he said he couldn't remember specifically but it was he goes it was something like eleanor right and this was before they met right and then they meet no way in three months she's pregnant and she's like i'm gonna name the child leonora you know i want to do that and then rob is like oh shit you know (laughs) so you know what is that you know i don't know so maybe there is destiny maybe there is fate maybe there's souls I, i don't know Right, or they finish shit, you know, you never know. Yeah, or they're making shit up because they're yeah. assholes. I don't... <laughs> but you never know, though. Listen, <laughs> this collective unconscious shit, it, oh, it's unreal. it happens all the time, you know. I'm yeah. sure it happens with you and Ash a lot, too. Sure, sure. It happens with everybody. And like, I'll, I still have, like, weird connection with, with, with uh, Dalton's mom. You know, call me. I'll, I'll be like, get a weird thought about her trauma and then she'll call me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. you know, or like thinking a, a happy thought or whatever. You know, it was, it was especially keen when we we're together. You know, I think that yeah. all those like weird, you know, signs, connections, those things. Uh, I can't necessarily explain it, but I can definitely say that it it exists. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Even with like my like, brother, you know. Yeah, I'll call him. He'll be like, "Oh, I just picked up my phone to call you, you know, or whatever, you know." Or yeah, yeah. Me and him will start talking about some freaking movie or something, laughing, coming up with voices, and literally later that week, the podcast me and him both listen to. Guess what the podcast dude's talking about? You know? Yeah, it's weird. It's like the Truman Show or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, it's really weird. You know, like I had this one thing. Um, I dated this girl for like a short little bit in Albuquerque, right? And we made this art piece together. We hung out for like two weeks, right? And then she moved right. to LA. And we in the end the time of the two weeks, we 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 would hang out and just like work on this art piece together, just like painting, whatever, you know? So she leaves, I'm all upset about it. And then, you know, don't talk to her for like a month. And then and then this this art piece is just like in my closet, right? And I was upset and it kept reminding me of her. So I was just like, fuck this thing. And I ripped it up, right? I rip yeah. it up, throw it out, you know? Like the next morning, she sends me a text and we hadn't talked in, you know, a month, right? 
so weird she yeah and i was like ripping the like spiritual rip and the yeah yeah but you know carl young would talk about that that we all create these vibrations the you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and when those vibrations are severed the other the other person is affected too and is aware of it you know yeah and when they're connected all kinds of weird shit like that happens too you know so oh yeah yeah it's uh I always kind of think not to be an old romantic, but like the thought of like, I was looking at the whole like movie thing, looking at the moon, you were looking at the moon at the same time. Right, like, right. Shit. But I swear to God, how many more times, how many actual times has that happened? Yeah. You like miss somebody and you like feel like sad inside. Maybe it is because they're all hurt in that moment too. And like made you feel that, you know? Yeah. Or vice versa, you know? Yeah uh who knows who knows there's just not a way to record that necessarily but there is though when you talk to them later and they're like if you have still communication of course and yeah but you know i don't know just there's a level of like who cares too right like okay the universe is weird who cares like because like my thing with with ashley with that is like so i talked to this astrologer in like april of 2021 right fucking paid like 200 bucks to talk to this astrologer yeah and he tells me he goes okay june 18th of that year 2021 he goes june 18th you're gonna meet your your person your your great romance whatever uh you know i'm all excited about it june 18th rolls around I don't, I don't meet anyone you know and i'm like that motherfucker he told me some other things that were helpful <laughs> that <I'm> yeah <laughs> but anyway so he tells me june 18th okay and i'm like man that piece of shit so then uh, a year later 2022 you know roll around june 18th and i'm just like man remember that that was funny and you know of course don't mean anyone right and then 2023 june 18th rolls by again fine no big deal and then actually it was july 1st um because i remember i did my first zen retreat then cleared out a bunch of stuff bunch of stuff like cried you know let go of a ton of stuff i might have told this story already on this on this on jared to jared but anyway three days later meet ashley and then um we're hanging out and talking and uh i ask her when her birthday is and she goes june 18th you know no yeah so i was like whoa okay you know and then and here we are and i'm you know living we're living together in denver and everything and like what's this guy's number he's probably dead bro he was like he was like he had to have been like 95 years old and i'm pretty sure he was in an oxygen tank and yeah probably like 800 (laughs) years old yeah he served the king in scotland fucking yeah for real his name was mahadev well his real name was stephen levine he was like (laughs) real name was rick steves but yeah we call him mahadev yeah yeah (laughs) so funny dude these people are hilarious and then um yeah so so okay maybe you know and then is like is that a coincidence is is was mahadev just like got the got the date correct but the significance wrong like what's what's with that you know right but either way who the fuck cares because what did he oh man that's crazy yeah but who cares yeah and then who you know maybe maybe that's real maybe it's not but what is real is the fact that i'm hanging out in denver living with ashley and deep 
understanding our relationship and learning things about one another. And that's cool. And that kind of has that part, which is the real part has kind of nothing to do with June 18th, you know? You gave me the creeps on that. That's, that's pretty crazy. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. I think that was a good good. call out. That was a good call out. Fucking, uh, on 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 rick steve's part maharaj steves (laughs) (laughs) maharaj steves (laughs) Uh, i like that i like that uh, yeah wait before i forget this one okay back to the conference so do you remember the um okay i i whatever it's podcast i guess you can probably talk about everything on here right yeah cut it out if you need to but anyway so you 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 gave me one of your friend was selling these like mushroom chocolate bars, right? Right. And I actually kept the case, the casing because I thought it was cool. It was, it was like a chocolate bar case with a like it said one up and it was like a melty face of like a Mario toadstool kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, And I thought it was cool because I was like, wow, this is like official almost as if it's like legal, you know? Right, right. So I have this chocolate bar, you know, and I was using it for a while and it was good and helpful with meditation and whatever, all that stuff. Right. And so at the conference, they had like all these exhibitors, businesses, more corporate size stuff. And I see like a tent with that logo, the like one up oh. uh, mushroom logo. So I was like, oh, shit, I know nice. those guys. So I go yeah. over and and I start chatting with the guy and I was like, I think I've had your product before. Um, I go, are you guys selling it already? Because it's decriminalized in, in Denver or in, in uh, Colorado, but, you know, it's it's not legal to sell yet. So I was like, right. I was like, yeah, are you guys doing some like, you know, black market stuff until it becomes legal or something, you know? <laughs> and um, he goes, he goes, no, we have a lot of people ripping us off. He goes, we're, he goes, our, he goes, their, uh... their business model is to build the brand just the brand do like clothing make the boxes get it all prepared so that when it does get legalized they have the uh foundation okay you know, to 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 start their business right 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 um but according to this guy and i kind of didn't believe him um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh no yeah exactly yes. yeah yeah <laughs> but according to him like people were like ripping them off and then just like you know selling it you know just just doing uh bootlegged copies of of their of their product but selling a lot of words you know yeah and i was like i don't Especially know yeah just yeah like, i was like i feel like you guys are just selling it and just like trying to stay hush hush about it that, which is fine that's like right you know. <laughs> but either way i thought it was cool just having you know come in contact with their product through the santa fe black market right then, right right you know, and then it was really like cool. meeting them is kind of fun. And then seeing him at a corporate event. Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of kooky. Yeah. Like, oh, where'd you get that, Chris? In Santa Fe? No, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Man, but hey, you would think, though, that a company like that, the Prohibition style, would be making like uh, speakeasy chocolate bars. And well, so, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Distributing them to the street street dealers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because let's face it, people that sell mushrooms, they're like spicoli, you know. 
No, Spicoli for freaking high times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> oh, okay. <yeah. laughs> like we're not we're not dealing with Al Capone here, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. American gangster. We're yeah. This is like the hippie yeah, yeah. rat that eats <laughs> like Hormel chili Frito pies downtown Santa Fe. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing to worry about there. So. And the one up dude, even to like, you know, I'll give them a plug, you know, like um, if you go on their website, you can like sign up so that once product is legal and you can just like order it online and shit, you get on their mailing list and like the day it becomes legal, they just like take your order, you know, which is kind of nice. cool. It's like nice. they're ready. They're pretty set up for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They're going to make a ton of money once that comes through. Once we actually have product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice tripping balls staring at you. <laughs> Related. <laughs> it's like, all right, Mr. Rabbit, I got to go back to work now. I have the chocolates. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wild times we live in. I was thinking about the site. Oh, we live in the weirdest show. Time been watching this show called silo yeah it's, it's incredible but how the state controls you know big big mass bodies of people like uh i saw something the other day just that you know i think actually aaron Rodgers said it at the maps that was just like a lot of these like helpful drugs essentially i'm butchering it you know they've been illegal yeah. forever but the drugs that ruin your life have been legal yeah. for equally yeah. as long. Alcohol, freaking Vicodin, all this crazy stuff, yeah. you know. So controlled state, you know, what we can have, what we can't have. It's honestly pretty crazy that people can't freaking, you know, get get a, get prescribed some freaking mushies for for uh for depression. See, but here's the thing, though, worries me a little bit because you got to respect them, man. You got to respect yeah. psychedelics. If we have a bunch of 18 year old kids freaking pounding mushies, sure, shit's going to go awry, especially like driving around, you know, freaking one ton death mobiles we do, we have, you know, so yeah. Yeah. people are dumbing up. Like now, like I love weed, always have. Now that they legalized it, everybody's stupid. <laughs> everybody's so slow and dumb. I went to the freaking shoe store the other day. Yeah. And two girls are like standing at the register over there. I'm at the register, like right near them. And they're like, another girl that was a manager had to be like, Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. They're like, Girls. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And Hey, didn't see you there. Yeah. Are you ready to check out? Just like, what do you mean? Oh my right, god. Right. Stop eating edibles at work. <laughs> no, exactly. And that, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. It's like anytime a thing is um I, I almost trust like mushroom psychedelics. I almost trusted it more when it was like fully illegal. Right. You know, because it's like 
like I, like i mean there is like a power structure right there is like and and not i'm not saying like a deep state thing i'm not saying conspiracy theories or something like that but just like like desire for control and power is a very human thing and right. i think that's embedded within our institutions right? right and i don't think that that power structure has our best interest at mind yeah you know i th i think it actually benefits those in power more when we are half asleep you know, when right. we're zom zommed out and just sort of like passive consumers, right? I, I Like that's what they want us to be. They want us to be, you know, half dead passive consumers. You know, if we're right. awake, healthy people living in communities and supporting one another, that's not, that's not beneficial or profitable for people in power, right? Right. So now that they're making, now that the people in power are down with mushrooms, I'm like, oh shit, what, what profit have they seen in, in mushrooms? Right. Well, no. likewise with with marijuana, it's a twofold thing. Yeah, a I love that there's marijuana stores with like regular, sure. good, really good weed. Yeah, you can't beat that, and you know what it is and flavors and blah blah blah. Yeah, what I don't like and I never have is once it started getting popular, all these shows and stuff that they they uh, <laughs> like mediatized it, and it's like, yeah, exactly oh, Jim Belushi's weed farm or like yeah. taboo tonight on E smoking right. weed. The new yeah, you, even the mushrooms weed. thing, man. Like on Netflix, you have like one yeah. or some shit like talking about mushrooms, and it's just like lame. It's like not yeah, cool yeah, freaking ruining it. And even yeah, like freaking... Aaron Rodgers, guy's a douche. Because... Yeah, exactly. It's just this like weird. <laughs> corporate football player worst like, yeah you know, it's like, like voted for trump you know he's like homies with them and it's like yeah it's you know, just like weird guy like i don't know the worst. yeah yeah and it's cooler like i had this conversation with a lot of people at the conference actually but like but one person said to me they're just like yeah man it's always been the artists holding it down holding down the psychedelic realm and they're just like just you know, we like keep doing that, you know, it's like sure right. it's getting corporate or whatever, but you know, just sure. and kind of yeah. But, um yeah, same. Just like I don't know. It bothers me now that so many people yeah. are like But but this is <laughs> this is America. This is how it works, right? Because it's like take take something like okay, any any sort of like countercultural movement from hippie to goth, whatever, you know. And I'm just thinking of like predominantly white ones right now. You know, I'm sure that this gets turned in a sure interesting way when you when you start talking about it with like other communities. But like, right. okay, hippie from everything from hippie up through goth and stuff. When it's first introduced, it's like threatening. It's scary. It's it's right. like it's there's new art movements that are uncomfortable. It, it's it's music that's uncomfortable for for mainstream culture. All that stuff. Right. And then eventually it gets subsumed by the larger mainstream culture and then pushed out for mass consumption because they realize, oh, it's profitable. So you right. have like goth or something, take goth, right? It's like you have all these like kids wearing black saying they're saying they're Satanists, right? And it's like, <laughs> it's scary. It's offensive. It's like Reagan era. Everyone's pissed off. Right, right. And then, you know, fast forward like six months and then you have Hot Topic in the mall and like all these corporate people are making a bunch of money off it. And then, you know, right. you're just like scrolling through Instagram, looking at like hot goth people or something and <laughs> wasting their time and, and energy. And it's just so, you know, that's what happens. Exactly. And the same exact thing is happening with with, you know, psychedelic culture. Right.
See, I wrote about this in my uh, thesis on Lot 49 for my math. Oh, great. Very cool. And uh, there's a scholar, I can't think of his name right now, but he talks about how punk, when punk first started, yeah, it was supposed to be this like anti-establishment, you know, anti-this, anti-that, punch you in the face, black flag, you know, Henry Rollins shit. Yeah. He's like, but what it really ultimately did is literally wrote lyrics that explained stereotypes and archetypes, defining them and explaining them and inculcating them into a large mass group of underground people who were not supposed to become part of the system. So in so by doing, they were then, just like you're saying, mashed up into freaking redesigned and then pumped out for the masses and we go from black flag the ramones and shit to now you know blink 182 charging thousand dollars a ticket to go watch punk show yeah yeah machine gun cali like with his like you know hot celebrity wife like punk yeah sure the guy and in some way maybe that's like kind of okay i feel like that's always happened you know, I or or I was talking with a friend about this, right? Okay, so um okay, a friend of mine just got a nursing job and works for this like gigantic hospital on Long Island, right? Um, and he's doing the orientation for the first few days. Yeah. And and he he's someone who thinks a lot and he he's like aware of, you know, just like abusive healthcare practices and and sort of just like corporate healthcare and private healthcare. And I don't know how that's just like not beneficial for the masses, all that sort of stuff. And then the hospitals as corporate business, essentially. So he's in the orientation. And then like the guy who's doing the orientation starts quoting uh, or has a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, you know, um, in his presentation. And then, but it was within this presentation that's all about, I don't know, pretty much just sort of like reifying the institution of healthcare and stuff like that. So it's weird that Hmm. I think that's just, again, what we do as a culture, we take these sort of like, maybe, I don't know, I guess, I don't like the word counterculture, but I can't think of another one, but these kind of countercultural figures, and then just use them to, to, you know, propel the mainstream culture forward, you know? Right, right. But, um. I mean, that, that was actually a bad example at the hospital went out like that because hospitals are useful. But here's a better one. In Trump's library in yeah, New but... York, in Trump's penthouse, he has a library. No one reads the books. They have like wine parties in there, right? Right. Um, and they have quotes from William Blake, William Blake all throughout Trump's library, which is so fucking weird, right? Because yeah. it's like those like Donald Trump and William Blake are like antithetical. It's, it's really <laughs> weird. The juxtaposition. Yeah, in vain with that skull with with what that scholar was saying. William figures like William Blake are responsible for are partly responsible for creating these types, the future yeah. types, you know. Right. Without William Blake, there wouldn't actually be a Trump because you need somebody <laughs> to define a Trump first. <laughs> In order for a human being to <laughs> learn about it, except, you know, to actually yeah. become it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's just wild. <laughs> Wait, and now I'm curious. I want to ask you because, all right, how does that model apply in the same way to um, 
minority cultures, black culture, Hispanic culture, LB, LGBTQ culture, um, or does it shift somehow, you know? No, it does. I, I think it, it absolutely applies. Me and Finney would talk about this a lot, Dr. Coleman. Yeah. And usually the, the harshest enforcers of white systemic racism within, uh, within institutions like academia are fellow minorities. Because yeah. you've had to endure and live through all those stereotypes and obstacles so much. You have so much trauma from all that to get to a point of becoming a R1 university professor that you're so traumatized that you then inflict that same mindset and trauma onto your students because it's like I went through it military style. Now it's your turn. Right. Through yeah, it. it's like a hazing process. Yeah, so you're actually like the full enforcer sometimes of of the uh, of the systemic racist system, you know. Right, right. And you don't have to be white, you know. And right. trust me, I've dealt with it. Of course, it's not always the case. Um, yeah. And you know, most of my pr professors who weren't white, they're you know not these people, of course, but. I dealt with a lot that were, you know, and it's, and it's a thing too, even like within business and stuff, like, you know, my parents have talked about it, like in the Hispanic culture, just like not wanting to see each other succeed, getting all jealous, you know, mm. it's like Chicano all hurt, you know, and just like yeah. envy and like, it's not, you know, not good. I, I, again, I would see this sort of filling in. But then if you think about it from a macro scale, you want to talk about like music, right? Um, literature, stick with music, right? There's a lot of black artists that that they sing pisses Finney off, right? <laughs> they sing about stereotypical shit. White yeah. that that furthers white systemic racism and stereotypes mm. of, of black peoples in America, right? Right. Big booty, freaking drinking Hennessy, blah, blah, blah. Right, you know, right. Just let's party, 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 eight lyrics in the whole song, you know? Yeah. And white dudes love freaking building those artists up because it builds up a stereotype, you know? But it's the, it's, it's, oh, there's, al there's always like the work of arts too and the outliers. Like, uh, like, uh, Kendrick Lamar, you know, and uh, the, the Nas and stuff, really smart, intellectual right. lyrics, saying something, you know, really smartly made music, compositions, you know, etc. So, yeah, it's again, it's not. And there are still punk bands that are against the system, etc. Sure. You know, that have survived that. So I wouldn't say it's always true, but like yeah. most theories, you know, there's there are. There are uh, errors in them, you know, and yeah. they're not 100% true, but it's a it's a basis in order to like was reading a really good explanation of of what it is just for fun, you know, and like it, what a theory is, you know, oh, boring ass freaking <laughs> English major reading a dictionary freaking, you know, but. <laughs> In any event, it's a basis in order to connect facts to a theoretical, you know, idea, essentially. So, yeah. 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 Like a theory is 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 just one model or, or it's almost like a net that's used to like 
scoop up similar things just sort of like like right. a, a net or a box just to sort of like organize ideas right similar yeah. thesis you know so right oh, that's interesting yeah. yeah and i guess culture always continues to progress right i mean there's always going to be some sort of like underground culture that's that's never not going to happen right i mean um yeah i mean like i don't know what it is right now because i'm just not in any kind of underground world i don't think you know right. um but i'm sure there's something happening right i'm sure there's people who are making really incredible you know ahead of our time music for example right right or or you have like the mole people living in the subway systems in new york and las vegas and stuff like that right who knows what their culture is there's like a whole nother thing down there there's like Man, a that's wild language. Huh? there's a whole nother <laughs> that's I a whole <laughs> it's like some kind of weird ass like cyberpunk shit going on down there. i know that's some johnny mnemonic shit going down there i heard that they have like also like whole like restaurant areas yeah or like dudes cooking up rats and shit back there and like stuff they stole yeah. from the up up ground you know culinary arts dude yeah they have like <laughs> Imagine freaking Gordon going Ramsey. <laughs> this kitchen is a mess. Put the fucking head. Like a Bourdain episode, like parts unknown goes into, <laughs> goes into the Las Vegas. Here I am. <laughs> At Jupapapadaya's. Finest cafe in the sewer. <laughs> he makes his own potato wine. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I love uh, thinking about that though, just sort of like the edges of human experience, you know, even like it's water world to like deep, deep history and stuff where like they keep finding like like they keep having to um recreate their theories on like on on like what people were doing thirty thousand years ago because they keep finding more stuff, you know, like they used right. to think it was just the land bridge that people came from Central Asia over the land bridge um during the ice age and then came into north and south america but then they started finding um artifacts that are older than the than the the land bridge right so then they're like oh shit no people have been in north and south america longer than that oh yeah so then they had to they had to recreate their theory and say how did they get here then right and apparently there was some dna testing and stuff and, and native american folks in uh north and south america are of central asian descent originally i mean this is going back like 30 40 000 years but right uh, came from central asia um but now they're thinking like did they just like take fucking canoes across the pacific ocean you know like right they have no idea they have no idea how people got here what is it about history that makes that like makes a person feel like warm like nostalgia cozy inside to like i love history about it. Yeah. like right yeah so many we like love it and there's always like certain time periods i think of too that i'm just like man i'm like like i'm a little kid inside you know right yeah 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 it's like what learning about, about dinosaurs that? When like you're yeah just like but why is it because we we weren't there was it because 
like the the magic of history yeah, yeah. lack of a better words you know like it's the is it the unknown but something that was real you know right right or or is it some sort of past lives thing you know that well, all we, of like, the always want to think about you know these yeah. certain points in history that make us feel like right inside and like you know i don't know all of the above i mean like I like history. It, it gives me a similar feeling, like like deep history, not not history from you know, well, well, a little bit with like twentieth century history too. But like looking at like deep history, it gives me the same feeling as like looking out at the stars at night. You know, right? Exactly. Like, Holy shit! Like that exists. What the hell? You yeah. Know? There's like a vastness to it. It's almost sublime. Yeah. You know. It's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hum- just to think, like, what was it? to be human 30,000 years ago, 40,000 years ago. What the hell? Or, or especially I love learning about like, um, like native American cities and stuff like that, you know, because it's like, you know, cause the narrative, you know, at least on the East coast we were taught in school was just like, yeah, the settlers showed up and there were some nomadic peoples, but they, you know, decided to just, they changed blankets and gave us land. Yeah. Gave us yeah, exactly. land. They're really yeah. nice. Nice dudes. Nice dudes. <laughs> <laughs> we were really nice. Back and it's like there were fucking cities, dude. Like like in um in Illinois, in southern Illinois, there's a fucking pyramid there. Right. Which is insane. And apparently this like thriving city that had fifty thousand people in it, that's the population of Santa Fe now. Right. You know, there being like the same exact architecture of the pyramids in Egypt in Mexico. Yeah. Like why? One like South America, you know. Oh, you want to hear a fucking freaky one? Speaking of like astrology, past life stuff. Okay, so during this, I mentioned earlier this bad trip that sparked all of this chaos in my life, right? So during this trip, this is fucking unreal. During this trip, I had this vision where I'm fucking laid out on a stone slab right and there's this fucking aztec guy standing over me yeah you know and i'm struggling right i'm no and the guy and i'm struggling trying to hit him back with my left hand right so he grabs my hand and fucking chops it off in this vision is so scary and it was the most oh man i'm just (laughs) lying in my bed (laughs) yeah that's like biblical right there yeah so then in in this in this dream vision whatever the guy then fucking cuts open my chest and rips my heart out <laughs> you know holy crap yeah and then it's just holding my heart and i'm still alive for a few moments you know right, so i'm right. screaming <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so in this in this dream i'm i'm human sacrificed i got fucking human sacrificed in this dream and then, you know, and then that vision passed. I'm like, holy shit, you know? And, and I mean, that happened to a lot of people in this part of the country, right? I mean, that's... Right. So, you know, am I... And the story's not done yet, but am I picking up on, you know, the land's memory? Is it is it a past life thing? Is it uh, my own just dream creation that had some kind of symbolic value for what I was going through? I don't know. Right. Maybe all of that. So then... Okay, it's my last week, I think, last week or two living in New Mexico, living in Albuquerque. My mom comes out to visit and she's like, what do you want to do? You know, check some stuff out. And I'm like, let's go Chaco Canyon. I've, I've heard that that's a really cool place. A lot of, you know, history there and, and 
when my mom comes out to visit that's become like our thing we go like check out national parks and stuff like that nice nice and so we go to chaco canyon right and have you ever been out there yeah yeah so you know how you have to like drive on this dirt road for like like fucking 10 miles before you get there Mm -hmm. so we get on that road and we're like where is it how much further is it you know And, and And we're like losing service and we're going down this trail. And then I see this like giant mesa just sort of like rising over the horizon. And I go, that's it. Oh, shit. You know, and and it's just it has a power to it. You know, it's a spiritual place. Oh, yeah. 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 You can feel it. You're like, oh, I get why people were attracted to this spot. All kinds of alien cave drawings and shit over there in those parts. It's wild, man. That's like original civilization. Oh, yeah. 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 So then we're, we're, we're driving down, you know, Chaco Canyon going and, um, and I'm looking at this Mesa as it's getting larger and larger as we get closer. And I, and I start getting like emotional. I feel like I'm going to cry. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, we got to pull over and just kind of like, look at this for a while. And and I'm feeling like heavy emotions around this thing. And, and, you know, at the top of the Mesa tor- tourists aren't allowed up there anymore, but they have uh there's a rock with a spiral drawn into it and it and it tracks uh precisely when the the summer solstice the winter solstice the equinoxes and a 19 year 19 year lunar cycle it tracks all of that based on like the the angle of the sun rays and the moon moonlight rays it's yeah really really intense right so we get there and i'm having all these emotions and then and then we go on this tour which kind of hanging out checking out the runes having fun and then we walk away from the tour to go just sort of explore on our own. And we check out this l- little spot where it's, um, you know, it's got like the old kivas and rooms and stuff like that. And I'm leaning over a wall, um, this old wall of runes, leaning over, looking into this room. And I get like a sting on my wrist. I was like, oh, shit. And I jump back and I see a scorpion. Oh, shit. And got, yeah. And I get stung by a scorpion. No and, way. Yeah. And my wrist starts turning red and and kind right. of swollen and my hand is getting tingly and i'm like mom i, I got stung by a scorpion <laughs> <Mom>. <laughs> so that's pretty much it the story ends there but then i was reminded of that trip where i got my left hand right chopped off uh, you know? yeah, and then yeah, i'm at chaco yeah. canyon feeling heavy you know wow what the hell is this energy here and then i got stung by a scorpion on my left wrist exactly where the guy you know would have chopped my hand off are you left-handed no i'm not left-handed actually but either way i don't know maybe there's nothing there you know maybe it's just like my mind putting together pieces because it's fun looking for symbolism sure 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 but, but either way, know, though, you never, you know. never know. Either way, what's even crazier crazy. is you had a heart attack like three weeks after that. No, just <laughs> and then I looked into um the history of Chaco Canyon some more because the tour guides, the history they were telling us was very sunshiny. You know, it was very like it was a big cultural center. People loved it here. You know? Right, right, right. Which is true. But then actually the the one tour guide did mention, she's like, yeah, and we did find evidence of a lot of inequality. We found some uh, burial grounds that were clearly wealthy people. It was it was right. very healthy, tall bones um, and the bodies were adorned in jewelry before they were buried. And then there was just fucking like pits where it was like malnourished children were buried. Right, right. right. 
So there was definitely some kind of inequality. And then I was looking it up later online. And this is this is apparently um, uh, a little bit controversial in the archaeological community. But there's at least a few people who 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 found these bones, human human bones that have evidence of having been boiled. Oh, wow. They think that that's evidence of of cannibalism. So. um, So then there's and then people left Chaco Canyon around the early 1200s, I think it was, they just suddenly left and no one knows why. And it sounds like it's possible that there was um, a lot of drought and then also just inequality around that. And then crazy shit happening around that. I mean, it was drought, poverty, inequality, cannibalism, maybe human sacrifice, crazy shit started to go down. So, you know, there was like hundreds of years where it was just like, this thriving cultural center but then like all civilizations it rose and fell you know right right which means we're we're up next you know (laughs) all civilizations they they have that the crazy thing though with chaco canyon is it's one of those like like immediate mass exodus where they don't know where they went yeah, it had yeah. been a freaking alien abduction. Nobody really knows, and That's, they yeah, have those tall, like dudes with at with uh, antennas painted on the walls out there. Yeah, freaking a lot of cave cave freaking archaeologists have said, you know. So, of course, it's ancient alien shit. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. That's so though. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a theory. Dude, back to Prometheus. It, it's so cool. Like yeah. their their reasoning to go on that mission is finding those thirty thousand year old cave paintings and like right, canyon right. paintings and shit. Yeah, yeah. Where all the aliens are pointing to that celestial star body. Yeah, yeah, so cool. yeah. Which could be, you know, could be, could be, could be, but. Are you ready for first contact? I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking myself this my whole life. I... <laughs> yeah, man. I think um, at this, like in my personal life, I'm not even talking about like society, what like me, you know, just as an individual. I think if I think if I saw some aliens, I think I'd be ready to uh, absorb that. I think I'd have the capacity for that. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. Like shit's getting weird. Let's introduce some aliens to it. And yeah, it's going to be strange, but uh, I think I have the capacity to accept some aliens into uh, into my right, personal right. life. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I feel like there is a time where you weren't you weren't willing to have some aliens start strolling into Albuquerque. I could see that. Yeah, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. It's it's time. He's <laughs> kidding. I've been ready my whole life. Star Trek, Star Wars tattoos on my arm. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the first person they come to. They're hey, not going to be I'm, like, where's the president? They're going to be like, where's Jared Valdez? Like, I was going to write the Pentagon, you know. I'm a doctor, so <laughs> just let me know. And oh, so funny. Have you panel. seen the movie Contact? I have seen it. It's been a while, but yeah. It's pretty good. I watched it recently. It's pretty good. It's cool that that's in New Mexico. And like yes, all, the, all yes. the new scenes are like old yeah. newscasters that were, you know, that we know just like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Chino. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great movie. Yeah, it's actually really good. There's like the scene where um they they make contact for the first time, and then like you have all these people showing up there. Like talk about cultures and subcultures. It's the scene where like 
the news shows the news media shows up and then these like jehovah's witness people show up and then these right. like, psychedelic alien people show up and then these like neo-nazis show up and it's just like so weird it's just this like really bizarre eclectic cross-section of like american subcultures and they right. just have this like few minute scene where it's just showing like all the all the crazy people and how they're trying to like use the uh the alien contact to kind of fuel their own their own ideology right yeah we asked recently asked my dad just like well what would the religion do you know if they <laughs> <That's such laughs> a contact like what would, you, what would you guys do you know and he's like right. well, didn't think about it for very long it was just like well we'd call him like the devil you know an entity Whoa, holy of, shit, yeah really? an entity of satan because there's no other way to Why? explain it and it's not in the Bible, you know, they're not in the Bible, Jesus, whatever. It's not in the grand plan of paradise. On and me and Dion are like, yeah, you can't be going around calling the aliens devils, man. You're going to start a war. What's wrong yeah, with that? And it's true. I'm sure most Christian sects would follow, you know, and their steed. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Like... <laughs> I guess so, because I mean that's the thing. If you're that dedicated to an, to an ideology, yeah, you're gonna anything that challenges that ideology, you're gonna literally demonize it, right? I mean right. that's that's what's happening there. Yeah. Wow. And this is how galactic warfare begins, you know. Yeah. Which is why they may not have made contact with us yet either. Just like man, these ants are crazy with their ideology, like. If we say what's up to them, they're going to start blasting nukes off at us and blow themselves up, you know? So interesting. Bro, and that goes back to that book, The Denial of Death. The, uh, I did a Becoming Human episode on that one. But yeah, Denial of yeah. Death, where, you know, we're so scared of, of death and abyss and emptiness that we find um, ideologies and institutions to latch onto. So right. then when those ideologies and institutions get challenged, we see it not just as a challenge to that institution, but as a challenge to our own mortality, right? Right, right. Legacy project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So intense. So then aliens, man, the aliens even fit into that. So even if the aliens came down and were like, hey, this is what's really going on. We've actually been researching like technology and life and universe and existence, philosophy, whatever for, you know, 8 billion years. And uh, right. we just want to share this knowledge with you guys. Like we, we'd, get pissed we'd be like i don't want to hear that get the fuck right. out of here like what dude there better be a guy named jesus christ in that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. or like even with like we were saying with prometheus even science you know just like yeah. don't tell us that physics isn't a thing because you have this yeah. element totally that's yeah not on our chart right you know and like religion of science yeah yeah there may be scientists that freak out too just like we need to kill them because they're essentially challenging you know everything that we think we know yeah and it's just about like ego-driven individuals too where it's like like you know and like then, i feel intimidated by it. it's not i'm not even thinking about like society as a whole or history like i i feel scared so i'm gonna react and and then think about it in terms of like chimp empire. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that 
they're watching us. There's some aliens that are here, whatever, you know, filming a documentary, Human Empire. While they may be smarter than us, we may be smarter than chimps, and we could kill them all if we wanted to, right? If there yeah. was a will and a way and enough people. But the people that filmed this Champ Empire documentary, they were in constant danger of of getting killed by the chimps. You know, because the chimps are way stronger than a human being of a cracker skull. You know, there's this yeah, one yeah. outtake where they have to stay further far enough from, you know, and it took a minute for them to get into the pack where one of the camera guys was just like one foot over the line of their boundary. Yeah. And freaking one of the chimps walked past him, grabs his feet and starts dragging him like a rag doll, just like into the woods and then lets him go and walks away. Oh, and it was just like, this was just a little friendly reminder that they could kill us. So he could, he could have killed yeah. all of us if he wanted. So keep you at the boundary. <laughs> crazy the guy just like falls flat he's like uh, like getting dragged in the trees but that could be us too where yeah. yeah sure the aliens could kill us all but they are living on eight different planets and they have po politics and shit yeah, yeah. Of them are out here on earth and freaking the milky way like filming a documentary oh, right? I yeah i see what you're saying yeah. so the documentary ends they're in some shitty spaceship and like yeah. you know they're over here filming us and if they do get discovered and break the boundary well we could kill them because we still have primitive freaking weapons right. that are much stronger than they are yeah we're just these, like, aging motherfuckers yeah yeah like the aliens come down and then we're just like, bro, this is the fucking hood. Like, get out. Like, right. You, just like, fuck it. I'll like, give you a warning shot, but that's it. Warning like, shot. <laughs> right. We shot like one rocket at you, but don't make us yeah. shoot a nuke at your shitty little spaceship because we'll kill all of you. You know? Yeah. 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 You never know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Bro. And thinking about, man, that chimp thing really got me too. Cause it's like one, the intelligence that, that, demonstrates right that the chimp right. was you know had had the intelligence to to give a warning shot essentially i mean that that requires yeah. thought right to be like listen i don't want to hurt you but i don't want you in here get right. out right like that takes a level of of yeah just communication skills essentially right? right right i mean that's fascinating and then imagine if they chose to drag that guy deeper into the forest Right. And then just he got fucking dragged into the chimp empire and they all oh my god. Right. Then like that's another world, right? That's alien, right? Zenith Bob, our friend yeah. freaking on our journey out here, our <laughs> cameraman got drug into the freaking human empire and murdered, you know, just like oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that we the line. Somebody help me. <laughs> Oh man. But hey, that was in that movie. I forget the name, but he recommended the the Brazilian one. There there's like a Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but the story that those girls told was that the alien like, you know, was hurt or something right. and then these like three 12-year-old girls found him and then the alien just looked like scared and was just like, "Oh shit, like I'm on their territory now and I'm injured right. and don't know what to do." Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what resources you have in that moment or your technology, you know. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have any of it with you, 
then you're you're in the chimp empire. You're fucked. Yeah, you're in the chimp empire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and take you to freaking Area 51 and cut you open, you know, just like these chimps are crazy. Right. And here's one thing that you wouldn't do is walk up to the chimps and be like, greetings. Right. My right, name right. is Jet. Yeah, I wanted to teach you about the paradise earth coming up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me teach you about physics or chemistry. They'd rip your face off, you know. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, would would aliens just come up to us and be like, "Hey, it's me, Xenobob. Like, let me teach yeah. you about these crystals." You know, probably not, because we'd probably murder them. You know. Well, yeah, and that's that's one theory, right? About the about the UFO sightings is like, how come they're not just revealing themselves? You know, it's right. maybe that's why, right? Maybe they're hanging out, observing us, waiting for us to you know, have that level of intelligence and communication that they can just come talk to us about physics or whatever, right? Or, you know, whatever it is. Because with the chimps too, it's like, you know, I, I could see a similar thing with the chimp empire where it's like, okay, we're going to hang out on the periphery and watch as this species evolves. And once it's evolved enough, then maybe we'll start trying to have a conversation about physics. But right, right. now, they're just going to rip my face off, but I'm still curious. So I'm just going to observe from a distance. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It could be the same thought process. And maybe possibly you get a human to communicate with you, but again, you'd have to essentially put it in a zoo first. Right. And, you know, just like put it in a habitat and then slowly like Julie, the alien comes in. It's like, everything's okay, boys. And then eventually yeah. they'll start teaching us how to like put rings over a, a saucer or whatever they teach chimps to do, you know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, or like, like a relative who, who uh, learned sign language. Right, right, right. Isn't that fucking crazy that 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 there's Wild. gorillas that can like speak sign language? Right, right. We send in those chimps to the moon, man. Astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, sign. You know. But do the aliens talk like this about us? Just like man, we taught these guys this one chimp human being in Egypt. We taught him how to build the pyramids, like, you know, and they did it, man. They actually did it. Now they have architecture, you know. Right, right, right. Because yeah. a lot of those, a lot of those like, yeah, unknown stuff. I was watching this thing on YouTube about, like, the unknown, you know, board. And uh, <clears throat> there's this temple. There's multiple Buddhist temples, right, throughout Asia that they don't know who built them. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Just like we we don't know how, when, or like what the fuck, but they're here and they're yeah. like they're wild. They're like some alien architecture shit. And just yeah. like there's no reason why this should be here and be this old, you know. Yeah. Which then goes into that cool theory of how many societies have actually lived exactly and yeah. flourished throughout time and then natural right. disaster or civilization disaster and boom yeah. all traces are gone basically yeah. yeah 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 i've been listening to um it's called uh history on fire 
uh with okay the, yeah 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 with uh what's his what's daniele Bellelli. yeah 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 guy. it's uh it's really good he's a great storyteller and one thing that he brings up is that um like like he tries to get away from having like a teleological view of human society you know that we're on this like trajectory of constant progress right he goes like just because a society is complex doesn't really mean anything it's just like just because a society is like technologically advanced and complex that's all it means it's that's okay right. it doesn't mean that it's um better or morally better or ethically better or or conducive to more happiness or anything like right. that it right. just means complexity just means complexity that's it sure you know and i like that idea cuz how do we define like the the richness of of a human society you know i mean there could have been so many societies that were quite rich you know in terms of happiness joy comfort all of that stuff or even right. like okay this like this and this is this is a present day example but there's an interview with the dalai lama and the interviewer asked him um so how do you dalai lama and the tibetans uh deal with uh negative self-image you know do you have like a you know is your, is your buddhist practice deal with deal with that or whatever and the dalai lama is like what are you talking about and the interviewer who's this like western guy is goes you know negative self-image like you kind of hate yourself how do you how do you deal with that <laughs> yeah and the dalai lama's just like we we don't like we don't feel that like what do you mean that's like we don't have that like like tibetans don't hate we don't hate ourselves that's just not part of the culture right. so it's not something that we need to overcome mm. interesting you know? Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's so apparent. So when you think of that, that kind of like self-loathing, anxiety, all that shit that is, you know, pretty common, you know, it just seems like something that's endemic to the human experience, at least in our, our part of the world and society. Um, there, It turns out that no, that's actually something that doesn't have to be happening. And then it's okay, well, what's what's that society doing different from our society that they're they're just kind of raised with this sense of like, I'm pretty okay with myself. Right, right you know well i i think of i think of i've realized too just like hanging out with some friends and stuff like that that anxiety is really taught you know yeah exactly a little yeah. kids shouldn't be worried about like too many people at a place or or Bro, exactly you know yeah. what i'm saying like uh -huh. that all comes from the parent in which then they learn the behavior and then exhibit it and actually feel it it's exactly like empathetic weird transference you know yeah that's that's totally correct yeah whereas when you're raised to sort of you know in a different way raised from somebody that doesn't worry about this well you don't you don't worry about them again the nurture and the nature thing you know right, so, right and then like we were saying a few weeks ago with like it's a generational thing to always be acknowledging self-doubt and imposter syndrome and depression and anxiety and stuff like that whereas in the 50s you know john wayne whatever in them <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily even in rome you know so this this is sparta and sparta they probably weren't you know taking surveys about men's mental health yeah 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 so, exactly yeah. right yeah and that goes back to the thing too where it's like you know some societies are wonderful and some just aren't you know it's like sparta right. doesn't sound like a nice place you know no, sounds like 1950s america not so good yeah right what are you talking about partner <laughs> i've never been depressed in my life um, <laughs> um and 
and also the Dalai Lama could be full of shit too. What are your thoughts on him, especially being such a controversial character, like kissing that little boy the other day, telling him to suck his tongue and stuff like that? And no, I didn't know about that. Jeez, really? Yeah, it was actually a pretty big, pretty big thing. It was like in the like recently. Series. Yeah, yeah. Like oh no, last month. Uh, yeah, just YouTube it. You'll see it. Just people on podcasts making fun of it, and just like oh, it, yeah, it's re- pretty horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Hey, suck my tongue, and just like I don't know, it's just weird. These like the Pope, you know, yeah, yeah sure. elders or you know people. <laughs> yeah, it's just these really exalted like spiritual positions. Definitely, yeah. You gotta be back to an earlier conversation with famous people. I've always thought you got to be like the most nuttiest people in the world are those that like run or start religions. Oh yeah. Fucking freaking bash it, dude. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Or people that like run for president. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's gotta be insane, bro. Like in the history on fire thing. Um, I'm listening to this one about, um, uh, the Aztecs and then there's conquistadors coming over. Right. Okay. So Cortez, like he gets into, um, Daniele Bellelli gets into like Cortez's personality a bit and sort of like personal history before he heads over to South America. Dude was a fucking psychopath. Really? Yeah. Like just like, like he had to have been a sociopath because he's like lying. It's deceitful. Like, like the dude's just fucking insane, like raping women, like crazy shit, like just a fucked up, really fucked up human being. Who then somehow gets a private ship because apparently it was a private endeavor just like some rich dude you know wanted to fund a trip to south america because he was like oh cool maybe there's some gold there and i can you know expand my riches so it actually wasn't like a like a publicly funded thing or like a government you know government endeavor it was just some fucking corporate dude right. you know that's what we're doing with mars right now imagine if people were on mars spacex going to mars like so this dude was just so like, he was like the elon musk back then just exactly like, yeah. yeah so this corporate spanish guy was just like oh tight like the new world yeah let's go so he he wants <laughs> to hire someone to captain his ship comes across cortez is like this dude's fucking crazy okay yeah I'll, I'll hire cortez but then he realizes how crazy cortez is and then cortez like did something like tried to fuck his daughter or something crazy right so then the uh this like ceo type guy he goes, you know what? Never mind. We're breaking the deal. We're not doing this. You're not taking my ship, right? So then Cortez fucking sprints down to the to the harbor, gets on the ship, gets all his men, and just fucking sails off. And it's just like, fuck you, I'm going. We already signed the papers, right? Classic so, Cortez. <laughs> yeah, so he hops on the ship. So this this mission should not have even happened, right? Talk about history and chance, right? This mission, by all means, should not have happened. But Cortez was a sociopath. Hops on this ship, sails across to South America, and just starts fucking conquering people, killing people, raping people. No one told him to do it. Just like, wow. Yeah. Man, that's like a Jeffrey Dahmer shit, too. Yeah, no, he was like, yeah, I mean, actually, like, if he, if, if Cortez was born in 20th or 21st century society, he would have just ended up being a serial killer. Right. What's crazy, though, is maybe he would have, uh, 
never have been really like, you know, the Jeff Bezos, if Jeff Bezos was a serial killer. Well, like how many like rich people have gotten away with stuff? Oh, God, who knows? You know, the Epstein shit and stuff like that because they were rich as Cortez and as crazy. Yeah. And were willing to lie and manipulate and, you know, to to break the law and bend the law. You know what happens all the time. Listen, man, you're a cop. You're making freaking 60 grand a year. You're risking your life working eight days a week. You know, you see Bezos like do some sketchy shit, you know, I don't know what it may be, some Cortez, Cortez <laughs> shit, you know. Right. Guy offers you, like, briefcase, couple briefcases filled with cash, $500,000 <laughs> or something like that. Right. A million dollars, you know. Yeah. What's a million dollars to him? He wouldn't give a crap, you know. And a million dollars to some dude that has no morals anyways, a freaking cop. Of course he's going to take that money, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I think it happens. I think it happens more often than we think. Modern day Cortezes. You know? Yeah, but also, what is Jeff Bezos doing? That he's just like down on the corner, like with with like a with like a street patrol patrol cop. You know, <laughs> oh hell yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Bezos bad example, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Um, um, wow, that's wild. Um, <laughs> and again, by chance, you know, like he could never have took that boat. All this crazy history could have possibly have never have went down. Right. What if he would have like accidentally got hit by a horse chariot or something on his way to the boat? Dude, exactly. Exactly. The yeah. history of freaking... Um, the Americas would be completely rewritten. Yeah. By yeah. some other psychopath who is willing to do that, like the freaking settlers, you know. Seriously, because think about it. Okay, let's say they start colonizing Mars, right? Different situation because there's no no beings there, as far as we know. Right. Um. So it's essentially just like desert country, right? It's just like the red planet, like weird outback planet. Right. I mean, you know, total recall, just like all these people out right. there, like, you know, going to colonize just this like totally. barren, shitty place, rebirth from the desert, all that. Right. So what kind of person would go to Mars, would go colonize Mars, right? Right. Someone who's either a complete psychopath or someone who's desperate, deeply, yeah. deeply desperate. It's the same type of person who would have came from europe to the americas right like someone who you know once like settlers started coming and stuff in in larger droves like who was coming over it was people who were in huge amounts of debt and trying to escape that it was people who were just like religious fanatics and and felt felt you know excluded from mainstream society it would be just weird ass weird ass people like not not people you'd want to hang out with and then there's even certain points in time in history too where you know a lot of the whole culture society w- was some flat earthers essentially and just <laughs> like you're gonna sail to some wild freaking edge of the world and yeah. meet like flying dragon monsters and like you know maybe fall over the side we don't really know but it's not gonna be good man 
and still <laughs> getting on the boat and being like, uh, fuck it, let's go, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then finding freaking... Like, human beings are insane, bro. And then I was even thinking, okay, land bridge theory, that's bunk, apparently. I mean, it did happen, you know, people crossed the, the land bridge up north, but apparently people before that were also coming across the Pacific Ocean. Why? Yeah. Who were those people and what were they doing? Were they absolutely desperate? Were they refugees? Were they fleeing war? Were they... Because um, who would get on a fucking canoe unless maybe, who knows, maybe they had very advanced ships at that time and we just lost evidence of that. Who knows? But right. I'm going to assume for the sake of this argument, who gets on a fucking canoe and tries to go across the, the entire Pacific Ocean? Right. That's insane. And actually, they probably wouldn't have even known that there was another side to the Pacific Ocean. Right. Exactly. Right. They like they were these were people who were desperate. Yeah. Or just like or adventurous, adventurous psychosis. There's even people that still to this day will take a canoe to freaking Europe, you know, from That's America. <laughs> It's like, what the hell? Why? Yeah, it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, there was this, speaking of Rogan, there's this one girl on, on there that did that, and she's just talking about, oh, well, you know, just, like, so many beautiful nights, like, the whales would come out, and, like, fish would come say hi to me. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all alone in the ocean. So, well, it's so scary. And then, like, of course, um, would be like the nights of rapids and stuff like that, just like rolling around in your freaking canoe, wild, going through a storm. Or what about like, um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, lost it. It's gone. Canoeing across the pond. <laughs> canoeing across. Oh yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, the rock climber who. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. He he free soloed uh El Capitan in Yosemite. He like yeah. yeah, where it's like not just him, but all these like free soloer guys, where it's just like, what are you doing? Why why are you doing right? Right. <laughs> Alex something, right? Yeah, Alex Hamold, I think. Alex Hamold or something. He uh they did studies on his brain and they said yeah. that he was didn't there was something wrong with his chemicals or like his frontal lobe yeah, or something right. where he wouldn't like process fear yeah yeah exactly so was it like that person who was like coming and that could have been or... freaking cortez you know yeah. clearly yeah. Some crazy mental thing where you're not afraid and you have a wild lust for some weird shit and like yeah. you just want to get jump hop on a boat and go like kill a bunch of alien people right and like take their blankets what the, like yeah. what dude go watch a movie or something freaking go fishing <laughs> was such a bad yeah, plan <laughs> make some wine see i like listening to history or learning about history too because it puts things in perspective where it's like okay man if fucking like cortez lived people like cortez did that stuff it kind of opens the realm of possibility for me where it's like well anything i'm doing is relatively very very tame that is true and isn't actually harming anyone so i mean it, it makes it gives me a sense of my own freedom where it's like damn dude if that guy stole a boat and went over to south america and just started killing people it's like 
I can like, do anything. I, I can I can I can quit my job and be the an possibilities are endless. That's, that's cool. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. Like it, I don't know. It's a sense of freedom, or like the plague, right? Like the, I love learning about the plague era because it's just so fucked up, and it's like the plague happened. Right. That's insane. That's the most fucked up. Imagine going through the plague, and it's like that happens. So you know what? I can kind of live however I want to live, and that's and and as long as I'm not killing people or whatever, like it's it's gonna be all right, you know. And if you were to ask somebody from the plague, they'd be so like jealous of our lives, you know. Just oh like, yeah, wow, no disease really. And, like that's awesome. Nobody's like puking green, <laughs> breastfeeding kids in the freaking <laughs> streets. Wow, cool. Right, right. Wow, cool. <laughs> Timotheus Jebediah didn't throw his shit out his window this morning. That's awesome. But I, but I think that's what I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to approach my life, you know, because I I like learning history because it's like it gives me new perspective on my life, right? So it's like that's actually okay. Quick, quick sidebar. Like that. That's one of my if if I if I were an English literature teacher again, one thing I would shift is making a focus on like why does this work why does this literature that we're reading matter for your personal life why does reading Derrida or whoever doesn't matter who how does this apply to how you are leading your life you know in an ethical way that sort of thing rather than it being just sort of some like abstract bit of knowledge in the same way like math theory is or something like that you know some sort of mass uh a concept just like well this is about politics or this yeah just like this is about your life you know like what does this home mean in the context of your life and what can you do with it to wake yourself up all right let me uh best way to practice pedagogy is through doing your own prompts yeah how would you relate to your own life Either deliverance <laughs> or for me. Deliver or what was the other one? Or no, Prometheus, whichever one would be easier in the moment. All right. Um Okay, my, my mind's going fast because I'm like getting psyched on ideas. So let me let me hop back to the history thing, then I'll hop back to okay so okay like i want to live my life kind of like the person who like just time traveled from the plague era you know right and it's like wow there's no plague that's so wonderful right now that there's no plague what what cool beautiful things can i do with my life right you know or the person who's you know whatever any kind of like extreme situation right Right. i guess i guess i'm just talking about like gratitude or something sure even like thinking there's a lot of people that get like false terminally ill diagnoses right right and then when they find out they're gonna live again they're like completely change their lives like yeah break exactly. up with the wife that's been cheating on them for 10 years yeah, yeah. get a job out of state you know whatever it is right change right. you know so yeah. yeah but as far as deliverance goes i'll go with that one <laughs> 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 how do i apply deliverance to my own life 
I don't know, don't go rafting down a river when I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's a cop out. I'd be like, Jared, we can try a little <laughs> Okay, all right. What resonated from Deliverance was, and keeping it applied to my own life, because there's so much to say about that movie. But, right, right. But within my own life, I really like all the scenes of, um. oh, God, what was, what was the character's name? Lewis, uh, Lewis, yeah, Burt, Burt Reynolds' character, yeah, Lewis. <laughs> He's the seeker, right? He's the one going out into the woods and saying, "There must yeah. be more to this life, right? There must be right. something else going on." And then he gets injured, right? He, he has that, yeah, that uh, was that called a compound fracture when your bone is sticking out? Right, right. Yeah, his bone sticking out of his thigh. You know, and, and yeah. then uh, and then the other character has to climb up the cliff, right? Very like life or death situation. And right. then Lewis looks at him and is just like, now it's your turn to play the game, you know? Right, right. Which is insane. That's really insane. But I also kind of like that approach to, to life, right? Where it's like, like we're playing the game. The intensity is part of the game. Like, like, like you're in it, play in it, you know? I mean, yes, yes. In it. What, what are you finding? What's there? Right. You know, that that sort of just like um, the ability that that character has to just like to seek and seek in a very fundamental way, you know, right, get closer right. to life, right? It's very Henry David Thoreau, right? Like suck the marrow from the bone of life, you know, that sort yes, of thing. Yes, exactly. Um, get closer to life, you know, like I think that's what I learned from that movie, you know, well, I learned a lot from that movie, but... <laughs> One of them, sure. you know, what, what no, I like that. I like that. That would definitely be good for the discussion board <laughs> right there. I could reply to that one. Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, I think I feel the same, a similar way too. Man, I wish I knew what uh John Voight's character was, uh, but his name, but yeah. I think it's being able to identify yourself and be confident with it when you're in a small group setting and i think that lewis really shows like you know his identification and is proud of it you know and then it thus becomes like a leader within the group there for a while because he's willing to voice his opinion take take initiative you know yeah and go on that adventure and then when he breaks his leg I also then relate to Voight, who is sort of the quiet guy throughout the journey. Right. The, the right-hand man who's then takes over the the plane, so to speak, go from co-pilot to pilot and starts playing the game. You know, he takes over his quarterback and yeah, saves all of them, essentially. Right. You know, despite right. all odds. But he had to then... Because he wasn't necessarily fully being himself the whole film until that moment. Right. And it's Lewis who shows him through this, what unfortunately has to be a traumatic event to bring him to his own individuality, which happens to be a hero, you know? So I think it's important to always remember who you are, even in a group, you know? I like that. I like that. Hey, here's a here's an interesting question. So, okay, so when we dream, our um, our memory stores dreams 
the same way it stores real life events. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Let's say I have a dream where I don't know. And, and this is like, people can practice skills in their dreams, which is insane. You know, if you get good yeah. at lucid dreaming, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah you, can, you can go into your dream every night and sit there practicing guitar in your dream for eight hours. And then the next morning play and, you know, Right. Remember what you what you learned in your dream. It's ridiculous. Which is like one one explanation for the like uh possessed phenomena where people can speak in other languages too. Yeah. Like yeah. Practicing yeah. it from like watching TV or like hearing it out and about, and then you dream about it. And in your right. dream, you're freaking having Spanish class, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. So, so in that, in that dream space, you can also process emotional stuff, all that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you do some healing in your dream and then it turns out that, 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 that transfers over to your waking day-to-day life. Right. Which is so cool that the, that the mind and the subconscious works that way. Yeah. Now, can that work through the medium of film? art more generally but through the medium of film can i sit there and maybe through in a in a space of like very if i'm just very open and receptive to to the images i am receiving from the film can i receive those images in the same way i receive images from a dream and then and but then, then you process them as like a memory exactly yeah as if it actually happened yeah so can i watch you know, whatever deliverance. <laughs> bad, example. <laughs> bad example, bad example. But can I can I watch images? I mean, this would be a cool like experiment to do to just sort of like just sort of like blast images of like um I don't know, just like having a child or something, right? I, I'm not I'm not a father. I don't have any children. But if I sat there for 16 hours a day watching film clips of like interactions with a child you know would i start to absorb those things as my own and then and then kind of have memories of love for a child or something like that and then start like missing that child and shit like yeah exactly would Uh, my body and brain process it as a real event oh there's this really good um show where God, I can't remember. It's either a show or a movie. Essentially, the character finds out that all his memories of his kid were implanted. Oh, that was um. You know which one I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, because we talked yeah. about it once. Is it, it? Is it the one where um, the opening scene is him like swimming in the water, and then the kid gets stolen, but then it turns out the kid wasn't even real or something. Uh no, no, I think you might that one you're thinking of. Is it? I think you might be thinking of minority report. Yeah, I'm thinking of minority report, yeah. Is that the twist in that? Shit. I need to like rewatch that movie. Yeah, right. Wasn't the whole thing like um that he was actually like the cop the whole time, or I don't know, man. There's some, there's some like weird Philip K. Dick. Yeah, there's some, there's some, yeah, there's, there's a twist. That's a good movie. 
actually. Yeah, it is. That's a really good one. But yeah, that's essentially the 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 argument though is in, impl- implementing a false memory. You know. Oh, total recall. Is it total recall? Oh, do you know which one I'm thinking of is Moon. Have you ever seen Moon? And of course, Total Recall and Minority Report have, you know, elements of that, yeah. Elements of that. But Moon, there's this movie, Moon. It's so, it's awesome. Freaking, I think like David Bowie's son directed it. What? Um, But this guy, it follows this guy and a robot who live on the moon and he's a mining worker and he yeah. just like lives by himself and he watches videos of his kid all the time and like his wife and stuff. And he's like, can't wait for his mission to be over so he could go home, you know. But it turns out that all in all, turns out at the end of the day, he's part of lots of clones and he dies every two years and he never goes home. Oh, shit. So the robot freaking, you know, lays it out for him that just like, I'm really sorry, but your memories of your daughter are, these are fake. These aren't even real memories. They're just like implanted into all of you, you know? Yeah. And dude, just like freaking losing it, but he but he realizes that it really is his kid later. But it's uh, she's all old now. She's like, you know, an old person on Earth, and his wife is dead and stuff uh, like that because yeah. he thinks he's still that age. But you know, who knows how many years have passed and how many clones, you know? Right. And his thing is to like bust up this whole this whole shit and get back to Earth. So <laughs> it's a wild movie. It's That's a wild cool. movie. Cool. But again, back to that like fake impl- implementation of images. Yeah. Well, man, it's it it goes to show that a lot of people back to language learn English and stuff just from watching movies. Right. Right. Yeah. That's how like, I literally learned English. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um one last one last little story here that I wanted to mention a movie and like a book I was reading. Yeah. Back to like unle- unleashing some sort of like, you know, either like of course in the Christian like theme of it all is a de- the demon, right? But like maybe it's just one of these like Cortez individuals. And like these horrible things that happened in history, right? So they say that the Catholics, they they within their history books, when the uh, Spanish Inquisition happened, uh, Queen Isabella had to be convinced by one of the priests to go to war, right? To start the Spanish Inquisition, and it was terrible. They freaking murdered so many people. It was, they say like the darkest moments in the church's history, right? Yeah. So there's documentation that it was the the uh, Pope's chief exorcist that convinced Isabella to go to war. And so the record shows that he he went on an exorcism in this this castle, you know, manner with a bunch of priests and he they weren't able to expel the demon so they caged up the demon and there's like this they're showing pictures of like this wild freaking like <laughs> seance <laughs> thing in this castle you know that these priests yeah. did back in the day 
But apparently, according to the records, the demon was not expelled from the kid. It left the kid and went into the chief oh, exorcist at the time. Yeah. Then convinced Isabella to start the Inquisition. What? And they didn't find out about this until they found his diary like hundreds hundred years later in this crazy tomb because they closed up that manor in that tomb. They're like, this Holy is a place shit. of evil, right? Yeah. So they find in the dead freaking skeleton the chief, the Pope's chief exorcist, his diary, and it says the demon has come into me now. And he's freaking freaking out and he tries to kill himself, apparently, according to the record, and he the demon doesn't allow it. Uh-huh. And now the priest put it together that, you know, 10 years later, whatever, it's him who convinces Isabella to go to the Inquisition. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is all like historical records, like people are like recording. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, it's it's Catholic history, so it's not necessarily sure. like, you know, based on fact per se, but... But they're, you know, these are books that were they found and written chamber they found and shit and all the dates match up to like, oh, my God, we were freaking infiltrated, you know, and like so many people died X X, Y and Z for this long, (laughs) you know, and now they're trying to figure out when did this, you know, demon freaking leave. Yeah. Hey, that could be like a revisionist sort of thing, though, right? You know, right. if like, oh, you know, some, for sure, right? Some people years later were like trying to, um, Jeff I don't know, I, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, just like, oh, it wasn't us; it was the demons that took over. <laughs> it was actually Agamemnon. Yeah, he right. He's right. a demon. He had like green hair as well. <laughs> um, no, totally, and it's something the a the church would make up too, to you know cover up their institutional in a bit you know exactly when they terrible causing a war hey who knows though who knows who knows though you know you never really know but what what one thing is for sure is somebody who becomes i don't care what time period it is joins a church a mega church and then elevates to a position of the pope's chief exorcist you gotta be freaking wild you gotta be nutsos yeah that dude was probably like uh cortez convincing queen isabella to freaking start the inquisition you know guy was Dahmer. yeah yeah man bro speak of mega churches at the conference i met this guy who was a um he was in one of those like Southern mega church things. Right. Okay. And then he preached it. He was a preacher and he he told me he, he had been preaching to like 10,000 people. Right. You know, like giant auditoriums, crazy. So he's, he's working his way up the mega church institutional ladder and then starts to get into the, uh, he starts to see like the business side of it. Right. And then he right. starts to see how much money is really going into it how much money the people at the top are really making and all this. Yeah. And then, you know, it sounds like he's a decent guy because then he, you know, as much as he was infatuated by the, you know, attention and the minor fame that he was getting and all of that, uh, he actually ends up leaving because he was like, this isn't right. This isn't just. Okay. Um, and then goes on his own path, finds all this other stuff. And then he's in the 
psychedelic conference in 2023. Um, but he's actually the second person that I've met. The first one, I don't want to name him because uh, it sounded like a secret thing. But when we were hanging out at uh, at um, Dion's place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know how we feel about like saying his name on a podcast or whatever. So I just want to like respect that. Because when he told me the story, it seemed kind of like hush hush, you know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. The, the, he, he had uh, worked. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> But this dude also was part of like you know, Todd. Southern. Yeah, Todd was also part of this like Southern Baptist church and yeah. then started making his way to the top and doing finances for people at the top and stuff like that. And then left because he was like, oh, shit. So two people I've met, you know, which is kind of weird, you know, to, to meet anyone who's like got went that deep into, you know, Christian fundamentalism and worked their way to the top. But right, right. You know, but those are two individuals I've personally met who were like, yeah, these are not okay institutions. And once I started to get into the inner sanctum of these institutions, then right. I left. The deeper you get, the worse you it know? gets. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's scary. That's weird. And that's one reason I left my, I, I say a lot that my childhood religion is like, I learned too much. You know, I read shit yeah, that people yeah. don't read and just like, holy crap, this is wackadoo, you know? Right, right really out there um you know, like when i got into like researching the like you know practices and history of scientology that shit's wild yeah. like their current leader there's people that really worked up to get up high and like near him guy is crazy like has yeah. people like watch his watch his wife like they interview her every day like connect her to machines like he i told you about that story where these people needed to get disciplined. I can't remember what they call it. Get clear, right? Going clear. Oh God. You yeah. need to be cleared. So they go to a clearing house and they they're all, you know, they're like starving and like getting beat every day to clean and stuff like that. And freaking in comes the head of Scientology and uh busts out a bunch of chairs and tells them to start doing uh, musical chairs. And he's like, whoever uh, wins gets to stay in the church. So, boom, they start doing musical chairs to some creepy-ass music. Yeah. Next thing you know, these people are, like, almost killing each other to Whoa. stay, to win musical chairs so they could stay in the thing. Beating each other up, tearing at each other's hair, freaking Holy shit. whatever, freaking finally ends right people knocked out and shit and he's like all right i guess you can all stay if you like one final test beats the shit out of all of them like beats the freaking crap and then this so the freaking uh cops get wind of this house right yeah from some other member you know that that went rogue so the cops come to the house sure enough people all fucked up None of them want to go with the cops. All of them are telling the cops, get the fuck out of here. Everything's fine. Oh, like, yeah. we're not pressing charges on shit. You could go to, you know. And boom, just wild, man. Wild. <laughs> Cortez. Crazy. Cortez. <laughs> and those oh, those mega churches, you know, it's just like the corruption is... It's an, here's the most 
fascinating thing to me about Christianity. How could your leader tell you not to have an organized religion, but yet that's what they all do? It doesn't even make sense. The only way through God is through him. Wait, what, what are you talking about? Like the... Uh, uh, so in, in the Bible, Jesus talks about uh, organized religions blatantly. Yeah. You know, organized organizations of Satan and the world. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about money, blah, blah, blah. The only way to God, Jehovah, is through me, Jesus Christ. You prayed. Yeah. Cool. And, I, yeah. and I'll let him know. Yeah. And you don't give money to, to churches. Don't right. give money yeah. to the temples. Don't, you know, because organized religion is a yeah. gateway to the devil. Yeah. But yeah, that's what all freaking 90% of yeah. Christians are in America. Bro, this happens over and over again. This It's that's literally that's ridiculous. Like that that happens in Buddhism too, where the Buddha, like he's, he's going to die. He's on his way out and he goes, hey, by the way, don't make any statues of me. Don't worship me. Don't turn this into like a religion. It's a practice and that's good. Keep doing what I've taught you, but right. don't turn it into, don't deify me. Ideology, then, yeah. Yeah, and then what do they do? They all go deify him. Or idolatry, should I say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or St. Francis, same thing. St. Francis, I mean, of course, he was he was Catholic, but um, on on his way out, when he was dying, he goes, same thing. Don't build any churches to commemorate me. If you want to commemorate me, give your money to the poor. Right. But that's not what happened. And then he dies, and then they build a giant cathedral for him. Yeah. Right. Even look at, like, you know, the J-dubs. They're, when we were kids, they're like, don't ever do televangelism. Yeah. The rock bands. We're no part of this world. Sort of hippies, you know. Just yeah, like, yeah. You know. Now they're just finished building something which the members call like Hollywood. You know, they're making yeah. movies like Sean Penn's kid, you know, just like come on, rock bands, you know, from door to door. <laughs> when I was a kid, like you'd be disbanded, you know. That's yeah, just, yeah. It's wild. That's wild. Yeah, no, it's crazy, you know, and like you know, so all these all these actually awakened figures say that don't don't do it, don't do it, you know, and then don't institutionalize, essentially, just just keep right. finding spirit within yourself is essentially what they seem to be saying. Yeah. But then they keep doing it. They can't help themselves because people are, you know, scared and power hungry and everything else. So then we just, you know, latch onto these institutions, make them bigger and, you know, right. But or even uh, even in academia, right? I mean, you have no, especially uh, in academia. Yeah, you have like all these guys, you know, Emerson, Thoreau, Nietzsche, all these philosophers, writers, so many people who are like, do your own thing. You know, it's like it's about living who you truly are. Don't 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 subscribe to anything, you know, and then and then what do all these like philosophers do they, you know, exactly that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like I was taught by all my panel not to be a gatekeeper, essentially. And yeah, break breaking rules and be outspoken and, and take your theories to where you want them to go, despite all odds, blah, blah, blah. And then I start writing the dissertation. They're all gatekeepers, you know, and that's yeah, literally yeah. the point of writing a dissertation. Like yeah. you don't think a person that's done this for 15 years can write a, a short book. Of course. You know, that's not the challenge. The challenge is to get through the gate. 
Yeah. To please all these people so you can get the keys to the kingdom, you know, so to speak. But they ain't going to let you have it unless you abide by freaking institutional standard X, Y, and Z through Z, you know. And I feel like that's the thing, just like to what to what extent is any any institution because we do live in a world that has institutions and you do have to like live and do things and that's okay you know but then just sort of like not being naive about it right just realizing yeah the 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 main motivation of every single institution is to just like deepen strengthen and reify itself right it's not to educate you it's not to strengthen you it's not to teach you it's not to to liberate you or help you find spiritual meaning that that all comes secondary. The main point of the institution is to um, reproduce itself. Right. Right. It's a re reinstitution of its own uh, agenda, so to speak. And they try to say that like the individuals are the ones, the individual teachers who care, that's what makes a difference, you know, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like the individuals who care in the religion, those, that, those are the ones who like, you know, really make a difference, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but you're uh, reifying and establishing a larger evil, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I sort of want to just go become a carpenter again. <laughs> like the good Lord himself. Like the good Lord himself. Jesus Christ. On behalf of the Jareds, thank you for listening. You can reach the show at jared to jared at gmail.com. We will be back next week. And always remember, no journey is too great when one finds what he seeks. Take care.